0: G'day, wrestling fans. Chris Funder here with Fruity is Alex for another edition of Wrestling On-Style. How the hell are you going, Alex? I'm ready for war. Wrestle? War. Games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a WCW Wrestle War 1992 War Games. Uh, the 5th of Wait. Stupid American dates. Seventeenth <laughs> of the fifth, nineteen
1: ninety-two. Yeah, um, but Jim Ross commentating a war games event in Jacksonville. Very timely.
0: Does this arena still exist, the Jacksonville Coliseum?
1: Uh let me find out.
0: Yeah, so whilst Alex has a has a look at that, um, this was Alex's choice. Um, something sort of war games timed in to go with uh, blood and guts, as it will, if you will, yeah. uh, the American dream, dusty Rose, baby. It does still exist. Oh, there you go. I suppose it's like one of those venues that like neither company, yeah, runs because. AEW has Daly's place. They run in Jacksonville and WWE. They'd probably just go Miami, Orlando, Tampa. Hold up a second.
1: Hold up a second. So, yeah, I'm technically right. It does still exist, but the original Jacksonville Coliseum was demolished and replaced with the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. So there is an arena exactly where this arena stood. It's just not the same arena.
0: Oh, so it's like um, Yankees Stadium, how they knocked it down and rebuilt it. Yeah. Oh, okay then.
1: What do you say it's called? Is now called uh, the Vystar, V-Y-S-T-A-R, Veterans
2: Memorial Arena. I think Raw's run there. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, it's got a
1: capacity of ten thousand. So maybe they've done a raw there. Then,
0: uh, Elton John concert. Oh my God! There, yeah. October 17th, 2006 episode of ECW on sci-fi. All right.
1: I'm going to find out what happened on that episode.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also the uh, 2007 pay-per-view one-night stand.
1: Uh... Well, that had that awesome Great Carly John Cena match.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And then again, it hosted Raw August 6th, 2018.
1: Uh... So it's no, where you they've w- run regularly. You want to know what happened on that ECW episode? Is
0: Sabu or Sandman on there? Or have they gone yep. by then?
1: No, they're there. Okay. Uh, let right. us know then. We, we had Sabu defeating Shannon Moore. Yeah. Test defeating Balls Mahoney. My boy. And my boy. Who was
0: yeah. the opener? Shannon Moore.
1: Shannon Moore and Sabu. My boy. Shannon Moore. No, Sabu. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) We've drafted everyone so far.
1: (laughs) All right. (coughs) No one from this next match has been drafted. CM Punk defeated Rene Dupree. The main event, my boy, Rob Van Dam defeated the big show, my boy. But another match on here which confuses the hell out of me reading this result. The Sandman defeated Matt Stryker by count-out in a Singapore Kane on a pole match. How do you win by count-out in an on a pole match where it's no disqualification, no count-out?
0: Let me know the... Date of that show again.
1: October seventeenth two thousand and six. ECW October
0: seventeenth,
2: two thousand seven. Six. Six. Ew, ew, ew.
0: Yeah, let's watch that next. <laughs> <laughs> I need to
1: know how this autoplone matches. Yeah. Um yeah, like, how the hell does does that work out? I want to see if I can find
0: this SmackDown because they would have taped SmackDown before, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: So I want to see if I can find the SmackDown to see the
2: SmackDown that would have gone with it. Um. Ah shit! Oh. Well, there is another important pay-per-view that
1: happened from Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum. Yeah? It is from 2001. WCW Greed, the final WCW pay-per-view. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Featuring the only time Dusty Rhodes... Had a match against Ric Flair on pay per view. On pay per view? Yep, because all their other matches weren't on pay per view yet. The Starcade stuff, the Great American Bash stuff, the, the Wargame stuff. Closed Circuit. Yeah, it was Closed Circuit and VHS. Wow. So it took until 2001 for these two to have a match on pay-per-view, and it was a tag match. Dustin and Dusty Rhodes versus, well, you know, father-son duo, Ric Flair and his son, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I thought you were going to say David. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Let's it's... see. Who has, whilst I bring this up, who has um, Ric Flair given the figure four to during the years? He's given it to... Uh, Jeff Jarrett, he's given it to Miz. Uh, David had it. Um, AJ and TNA,
1: yeah, he used it. Triple H used it. Uh, pretty much if you haven't been given a figure four, it means Ric Flair doesn't like you. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Uh, I'm um...
1: It would have been cool if he gave it to, like, Batista or something, just have a big, massive, muscly dude do it.
2: You never see that. No. Where are we? I mean... That one, I think. Um, go down.
1: Keep going. Uh, Yeah, SmackDown number... I had it there. Number 374, Jacksonville,
2: Florida.
0: Ah, yep. Let's have a look at what was
1: on this
2: card. Wow.
1: We haven't even started this show, and we're on the biggest tangent. But at least we're doing our history on this arena we're about to visit. A dark match of Matt Hardy versus
0: Gregory, Gregory
2: Helms.
1: <laughs> United
0: States Championship of Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy, the champion versus name redacted. Yes. A singles match of Vinto versus What do I say?
1: Uh, not that. <laughs> <laughs> so that versus <laughs> William Regal. Veto Kane. in address at that point in time, humans
0: not the most forward thinking company. No, <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, Kane versus Montel Vontavious Porter, Ray Mysterio versus Jamie Noble, the six man tag team match of Brian Kendrick, Jimmy Wang Yang, and Paul London. With Ashley versus Idol Stevens, Casey James, and
1: Sullivan with Michelle McCool. Why don't you click on Idol Stevens and find out who
2: that is? Okay. <laughs> oh.
1: That is the uh, soon to be, I guess, Damien Sandow. Yeah.
2: Wow.
0: He began (laughs) in developmental in 2003? Yep. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And your main event, a triple threat for the World Heavyweight Championship, the big gold belt, number one contendership, Bobby Lashley versus Dave Bautista versus Fit Finley.
1: Yes. All right. Quick trivia question. You've yeah. got to try to figure out who the world champion is at this point in time, because I can tell you off the top of my head. 2006, yep. would it be Taker? Nope.
0: I'll give you two more guesses. Not Taker? I don't think it's anyone on this show, am I right?
1: No one on this card that okay. you can see. Uh is Jamie it... Noble had a match against the previous world champion. So that should give you a bit of a clue as to who was champion that year. No, I'm I'm thinking
0: Triple H. But he's probably still over on Raw Terrorizing.
1: Yes, you are correct in the fact that he's still on Raw. Okay, so that's two. Who uh... did... Ray oh, is it?
0: Is it too early for Cena?
1: No, uh, Cena is actually the champ on the other show. Oh. Yeah, I got no idea then.
0: King so Booker! A- <laughs> and with that, I immediately
1: lose my privileges on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he immediately has to give me. A set of a crown, a cape, and boqueti. tea. <laughs> oh nah, I've been trying for months. Humans, he won't, he won't give him up. give <laughs> you up, I'm let you down. Anywho, uh, yeah, ACW, um, poor ACW. Yeah.
0: It's only Finnal- number
2: nine.
1: Finley and William Regal were a part of a stable with King Booker at that point in time, by the way,
2: called the King's
1: Court. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I was actually, like, that was, like, my last proper run before I went away from watching wrestling. Like, I was obsessed with 2006 SmackDown. (laughs) Oh, man. Should
0: we get on to what we're supposed to do?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to war. Let's talk about the craziness of this show. So, uh,
0: your commentators, Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura, uh, claimed attendance is 60,000, probably thereabouts. WCW were usually pretty good with their numbers, weren't they? Yeah. So,
1: So there was times where WCW would say, Oh, we had, uh, let's just say, 20,000 people in attendance. And then Meltzer reports, I don't know what they're doing, but they actually had 35,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) Where they would actually claim they had less than what they actually had. Why? I don't know, just... It wasn't the most efficiently run company at times. So, who's... I suppose late
0: 90, oh, early 92, who's uh, in charge backstage? Cause this is before Eric's really in charge.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would, I think this is the Bill Watts era. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got is...
0: Eric Watts on the undercard.
1: Oh, if Eric Watts is on the undercard, then this is definitely the Bill Watts era, because when Bill Watts gets fired, Eric Watts goes bye-bye too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So so he's in charge. When does Eric sort of ascend to power? Because most people think 95, but isn't it like late 93, early 94?
1: Yeah, I believe it's... uh, Around early 94. So, yeah, that time period is about right. Late 93, early 94. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, so it's not too long after the end of the Bill Watts era. Fair enough.
0: Opening contest is a tag team match of Diamond Dallas Page and Thomas Rich defeating Bob Cook and Firebreak Chip. Um, do you have much to add on this match?
1: Uh I do not. Um yeah, this was um this was a dark match. This wasn't on the actual pay-per-view. Ah I wasn't <laughs> sure if
0: I missed something like on another segment or not. <laughs> yeah. Immediately yeah. thrown under the bus. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Diamond Dallas Page in this era is just not what you think of when you think of Diamond
0: Dallas Page. Yeah, you think of Dow, down 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 See, it's completely different.
1: This is cigars. Yeah, see, it's completely different. Uh, this is cigar smoking many gimmicks all at one time whilst walking out to the ring dead EP. It's just so bad.
0: Oh, who was that in Aussie Wrestling where somebody had like six gimmicks going at once last year or the year before and we were just like,
1: mate, pick something and stick it's, to yeah, it. I, I can't remember off the top of my head but yeah, yeah, that doesn't shock me. Shark boy?
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, I miss him. Anyway, Going on to the taped events here, so Chris isn't a complete idiot. Leaf <laughs> <Beefed> him, <in>, brother. <laughs> WCW United States Tag Team Championship match: The Fabulous Freebirds members Jimmy Garvin and Michael P. S. Hayes defeat Greg Valentine and Taylor Made Man, who were the champions. So your free yeah. the Freebirds are your new champions here.
1: Yeah, uh, they beat the hammer and the rooster. Yeah, uh, Terry rooster. Taylor, Terry Taylor, oh the red, God. the red rooster.
0: That just clicked for me as soon as you said like his proper name. It's like yep. Taylor made man. Who is that? Bang!
1: It clicked. Yeah, yeah. It was a new gimmick he was trying at the time. It didn't click at all. Ironically enough, the most successful gimmick he ever had was the Red Rooster. <laughs> um,
0: was he ever a yeah. champion as the Red Rooster?
1: Hell no. <laughs> he, had a, he had a WrestleMania singles match, at least. Against whom? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Weasel? Nah, Bobby came out dressed in like the Andre the Giant one-strap thing. So good. Uh, So funny. Um, And, like, they gave him, like, the Andre camera treatment and everything. Like, filming from underneath and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bobby's so good. Um, What do you think about a WCW United States tag team title? Uh, Mid-card tag belts. For or against
0: it? Well, that's kind of what... WWE has today, except they don't treat either title with respect, so it doesn't work. Um, no. I'm for it in companies that are big and have, if you're not going to split uh, weight divisions and you're just going to have um, like a local or international sort of divisions, if you want to call it like your world division and your United States divisions then, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm just trying to think. AEW, I wouldn't do it today. Uh, They're sort of the only company, I think, off the top of my head, outside of New Japan that we regularly talk about that would have a big enough tag division. New Japan has their split uh, weight tag divisions, and WWE tries to do tag team wrestling today but just fails. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, and we've said this enough times, WWE should have one set of belts and touring champions. And when the champions lose, they come become exclusive to whatever brand they lost. So you're already getting like a trade back. So if um uh, yeah. Apollo is the IC champ and loses yeah. to um uh, random Raw guy, let's see, let's see uh,
1: Humberto Carrillo. <laughs> Thank you. There's a random Raw guy. I was
0: trying to think of somebody who's not (laughs) Jobber, but sort of somewhere in between. Yeah, losers to Humberto, you'd put uh, Apollo on Raw and just make Humberto your travelling IC champ. Yeah. Um, Because they have nearly 20 championships in WWE today, which is too many. And people are looking at WCW at this time and probably going, yeah, you could do without one or two of these.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, oh, this is just before or oh, just after the era of a WCW world champion and a WCW international champion. Yeah, it's just after that because that happens around the time
0: flair leaves at late 92 early 91 because then he yeah it's late 91 because by 92 he wins the rumble and he gets rid of the uh real world championship which turned out to be a old tag belt i believe
1: yeah but they actually even changed the graphics on it to say real world champion or something on it instead of tag team champion Uh, um At this stage, you had the
0: WCW World Tag Champs, the Steiners, the World Television Champ, Barry Windham, the Light Heavyweight Champion, Flying Brian, the World Heavyweight Champion, Sting, the US Heavyweight Champion, Rick Roode, and the US Tag Team Champions. So this is just after they've left the NWA as well.
1: Yeah. By the way, that is an extremely talented group of champions. Like Rude, Sting, Pillman, Steiner Brothers, Wyndham. Yeah, that's, that's talent.
0: Hammer and Rooster, absolute talent. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I was deliberately ignoring that part. But they lost the titles anyway to the Freebirds, which are a much better act. So I suppose uh, before we move
0: on, since you brought up the question I've just de over you, what are your thoughts on uh, mid-card tag belts? Uh, don't like it one bit. <laughs> awesome. I'll take note of that and add it to my fugs. <laughs> Chris picks a twist. U.S. tag team titles. And go, <laughs> Alex. Although yeah. saying that since the, uh, the second draft, we do have enough tag teams.
1: Yeah, I actually probably could do it too. And if you gave it to me, I would do it well.
0: (laughs) Do do it well just to spite you.
1: Yeah. And just Um, when you're starting to really love it, I'll get rid of it. (laughs)
0: You don't like what you think you like. You like what I tell you to like.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, I thought this match was—it uh, was a very '80s tag match, and it was 1992. <laughs> yeah, it is WCW at the time. It is still Southern Wrestling '80s style yeah. mostly. It um, is slow plotting, grab a hold, wait for the crowd to start clapping. Once they're at their full clap, pretend you're going to break out of the hold, but lock in the hold even tighter.
0: <laughs> uh, from that a singles match of Johnny B. Bad versus Tracy Smothers
2: yeah,
1: yeah, wow. This is early days of Johnny B. Bad too, the future mark marrow um i uh, I used to love this gimmick as a kid Oh, what's um marrow's uh nickname he had um the wild Man marvelous um,
0: Mark Merrow yes, thank you yeah. Um, I thought yeah. this was a, a really good match, and this era of Tracy Smothers is something that I've not really seen a lot of.
1: No, I was actually watching this and I was like, Oh, I'm really happy that Chris is going to watch some Tracy Smothers here. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> a full blooded Italian Tracy Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a promo recently and it had like the FBI on and it had like Tommy Rich. And Tracy Smothers and And um you just hear Tommy Rich in the background like pretending to be Italian but he's still got his thick redneck accent and he just goes somebody say something about lasagna <laughs> uh,
0: It's um it's uh one night stand, I believe it's the first one and Styles is doing the commentary and he's going uh like uh Nunzio's full-blown Italian comes from Sicily and he's like, Tracy Smothers couldn't find Italy on a map. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tracy Smothers and uh Johnny B. Bad had a great match here. Johnny B. Bad, like from about 92 to about 95, like steals the show on lumbercard for WCW. Consistently. Like he's so good at this point. Then he goes to the WWF and just doesn't do any of the cool stuff that he got over with.
2: Oh. That's yeah.
1: cool.
2: um
0: I thought yeah, this was a really good match. Um again, yeah, something that I haven't seen much of Smothers. I've seen uh little bits and pieces of um this era of uh Marrow, Johnny B bad, but not a great deal.
1: All right, well, let's talk about some more wrestlers in eras that you probably haven't seen much of them before. In so it is,
0: Scotty from Flamingo defeats Marcus Alexander Bagwell.
1: Yeah, quote the flamingo nevermore.
0: <laughs> I knew he was an avid polo player. I completely forgot about him hanging out at the uh, Flamingo Lounge.
1: Yeah, this is uh in case you couldn't pick up the references, humans, this is the future Raven, uh, Scotty Flamingo. Um Just such a departure from what he ends up becoming. It's so it's so jarring to watch. Um
2: and oh, Marcus
1: Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the I believe he was into year two of his uh two-time WCW Rookie of the Year award. How does someone become Rookie of the Year twice in a row? Wouldn't that be
0: like an, uh, an oxymoron type thing? He was that much of a rookie. He didn't improve, so we gave it to him again.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But they were like, oh, yeah, this up and coming, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, two-time Rookie of the Year. Like. <laughs> How can rookie his first year, how, how does he I, do his first year twice?
0: I don't know. I know with the AFL, they changed um the rising star. I forget its official name. It's named after like a former player, the actual medal. Um, yep. They changed the category for, for it. So it was uh, a rookie of, I think it's like, Two the years. Alapade
1: Carlyle Award. I don't know. <laughs> there you go, just... make me look it up. Um, it's a I rookie just of... made a reference to a random Port Adelaide player from years ago that came from Wangaratta. oh hail Alapade Carlyle. <laughs> the um,
0: oh, what do you call it? The the. I believe it's like less than twenty-five games or less than two years of senior football, and you're eligible. Ah, oh, now you're gonna make me look it up because you brought up bloody
1: uh Buff Bagwell and Alapati <laughs> Carlisle.
0: Was he playing during their premiership?
1: I think he was. Yeah, lucky bugger. Yeah, the reason why I know him is because when I went to school in Wang for a couple of years, his um, brother was was the year above me. His brother, Anthony Carlisle. Uh, yeah, the Ron Evans medal.
2: named after former administrator, something blah blah something-blah. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: there we are. Uh, players ineligible... Uh, demerit points, blah, blah, blah. Same system as Brownlow. Uh, it's important. Uh yeah. nominee, da, 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 Blah, da, blah, da, blah. Whole season consideration, blah. Oh, there you yeah. are. Uh, age 20 or under played 10 or fewer AFL games at the start of that season. So right. Yeah. That makes sense. Maybe so- maybe Buff was under twenty at this point and had <laughs> ten or fewer matches in WCW. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> maybe, probably not. Uh,
0: yeah, um, it's yeah weird to see. <laughs> it is always so weird to see Raven because it is like one of the most iconic. Uh, personas of the 90s wrestling and To see him doing anything Else is always weird mm. Um, Again good little match Now this next match Ron Simmons versus
1: Mr. Huge Hughes Mr. Hughes yes Curtis Hughes and he did eventually go under the name Mr. Huge when he came into the WWF in 1999 as Chris Jericho's bodyguard, which no one remembers. Oh, what?
2: Needs <laughs> exactly. more Ralphus.
1: Exactly.
0: How do you get Jericho a security guard from WCW and it's not Ralphus? Exactly. Rookie mistake.
2: Yeah, ah. because
1: Ralfus went on to manage Norman Smiley. Shut up, Alex. No one cares. <laughs> Norman <laughs> Smiley was
0: in fast. a Bananas... Norman Smiley was in a Bananas and Pajama match at Rodman Down Under.
1: Oh, actually... Um... Oh. Actually, uh, Conrad's got a new podcast with Jeff Jarrett. Last week, they covered the inception and in the entire history of world wrestling all-stars. I recommend Did you, listen? you listen. Yeah, it was great. I highly okay. recommend you
0: listen to it. I'll listen to it, and we can talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now, this match was good, Um I didn't know much of Mr. Hughes before, so I didn't really have much of an opinion to go on.
1: No. But this is Ron Simmons, like, on fire. This is just after his world title run? Yeah. Or just before? Just after.
0: Okay. Because... Oh, hang on. That's why I'm My- thinking, 92.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think he might be just about to win it. Yeah,
0: August 2nd, so he's a few months off.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so he's just about to win it. Yeah. Crazy to think. Yeah.
0: Um, from there, we go to the space invader with Harley Race defeats Todd Champion. Um, who
1: and who? Hang on, Hang on. let me try to find out who this is. Yes, so WCW's Super Invader is Hercules Hernandez. From the wWF he uh used to wrestle with like a cha- he used to come out to the ring with a chain on and all that sort of stuff. I've often compared Nick Comarado to Hercules Hernandez in appearance um, uh, yeah. yeah uh I used to love Hercules Hernandez as a kid, but yeah he sort of left the wWF and sort of disappeared off the face of the earth and um I guess this is what he was doing.
2: Todd Champion? No idea. <laughs> well, let's have a look. Let's
1: see if he's got any weird gimmicks where he competed under for one day. Nope. Harry Hero Russo. Russo. <laughs> Oof.
0: KGB.
2: Uh,
0: Trained by Dusty Rhodes.
2: Uh, nice. Worked
0: in NWA, WWF. All Japan, WCW, USWA. Oh. So he's sort of a, yeah. a journeyman.
1: Yeah, he, had a, he went to a lot of places and had a lot of runs, so good for him. I saw uh, nothing special in either men in this match.
0: <laughs> 10 days uh, whilst in Japan, he and Terry Gordy defeated John Tenta and Shinjiro Takinaro.
1: Yeah, that will do.
0: Yeah, I'm bad at pronouncing.
1: Yeah. Or Japan. With, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, John Tenter, the former Earthquake. Um, Shark? Yeah, Shark.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: remembering. Um, Golgar from the Oddities. Was it Golga? Yeah, yeah, it was Golga, and he had the Cartman toy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was also... How did they not get a cease and desist for that? I don't know. Remember, like, the New Age Outlaws used to come out all the time with South Park characters on their shirts as well? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, but, man, South Park was popular then. Anyway, let's go back to talking about things that weren't popular. Such as Big Josh versus Richard Morton. Is this the dreaded Richard Morton? Yes, this is the evil, villainous Richard Morton. <laughs> Ricky Morton turned heel. Let's make his name longer.
0: <laughs> yes. Is this where Vince gets his hatred? Ted Turner was like, he needs a longer name. And Vince is like, God damn it, Ted. Takes too long to say their names. Who's gonna say Marcus, Alexander, Buffwell? <laughs> Your name is Buff. <laughs> <laughs> <Fucking>,
1: Donald <bloody laughs> Dar-
0: Dallas Page. What the
1: hell is that? We're just gonna call you D D P. All right. So I want to talk about Big Josh. <laughs> Who is Big Josh? All right. Have a look at your um, camera, uh, my video scope. I'm on. I'm wearing a post wrestling beanie. All uh, right. Oh, one of the most. Toque. Yeah, I got a toque. <laughs> um, I got in my hand right now that I'm holding is one of the most ridiculous pieces of merchandise that I own that the WCW genuinely sold in the early '90s. A Big Josh action figure.
0: (laughs) It just looks like a random lumberjack.
1: Yeah. So you're asking, who is Big Josh? I have another action figure in my hand that will reveal to you who Big Josh is. (laughs) (laughs) He is the original Doink the Clown. (laughs) Doink, bra. making kids cry brah <laughs> yeah um, it is yeah the evil doink for that matter so yeah uh, I just wanted to have a slow humble brag that yes there is a big Josh action figure and yes I own a big Josh action figure <laughs> oh god <laughs>
0: is it worth
1: a lot of money? It is. It is worth a heap. <laughs> I'm gonna i gonna do a quick little search, but yes, uh <laughs> Big Josh versus uh Richard Morton, absolutely ridiculous.
0: It's it's much like the rest of this show where it's a, around five to ten minute eighties style matches. <laughs> There's nothing by today's standards, it's really spectacular to write home about. It's just more the little, oh, yeah, this was this guy also. <laughs> like, we've mentioned it, like, five or six times already. Did you know such-and-such such was such-and-such?
1: Such? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the curse of WCW. Have Watch early 90s WCW to see all your favourite stars before they had anything going on for them. <laughs> that's basically what it is. All right, quick update recently on the 1st of may a wcw big josh action figure still in its original packaging oh. sold, sold for 1011 australian dollars
0: how much is it without packaging
1: uh, it is sold from anywhere between 300 to 150 so the highest was 300 the lowest was 150 So about
0: 225
1: That's pretty yeah, good, pretty good price yeah.
0: For an obscure wrestler
1: Yeah uh, I would highly doubt He even made that much For this match <laughs> <laughs> Burn um,
0: He got a get... hot dog and a handshake And his figure taken away <laughs> Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I suppose. Yeah. Let's move on to some actual good wrestling.
0: Yeah. uh, WCW World Light Heavyweight Championship. I forgot they had a light heavyweight title. You kind of always remember the cruiserweight title and forget this one existed for a brief time.
1: Yeah. This one was pretty much created just so Brian Pillman had something to do.
0: So, because,
1: yeah, they felt like he was too small, so let's create a title for him. And this title was def- defended on the first ever match of WCW Nitro. So it lasted... Oh, no. No, I'm thinking of something else. But um, this title had a little feud with Jushin Liger and Brian Pillman, and then later on, they have a match on the first episode of Nitro. Yeah. Uh... So, this title is, is in existence
0: less than a year, October 27th, yeah. 91 to September 2nd, 92.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Pillman and Liger have a couple of pay-per-view matches for it, and then they have the first ever Nitro match, so that's where I got confused.
0: Now, where are we in terms of Pillman wanting to leave uh, like, when does he leave 96?
1: Yeah, we are, like, full-on baby face tiger-striped shorts, Brian Pillman.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're a long time off of that. He's yeah. very happy at the moment. Um, his opponent, the Z-Man. Tom you know Zink. Many? Yeah, do you know much of um, Tom Zink?
1: Yeah, Tom Zink, uh, he had a... Uh, run in the WWF as part of the Can-Am connection with Rick Martell, if I'm correct. Um, Yes. 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 I was right. Yeah. Um, What was it? 86 to 87. Uh, He was constantly around in the early 90s. WCW had a bit of a tag team with Brian Pillman at one point. Uh, really talented in the ring, had nothing else going on outside of the bell ringing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, really talented, just lacked a lot of charisma and the mark skills that, yeah, that you unfortunately really needed in this era, to be honest. So, yeah.
2: Oh,
0: fair enough, then. Um, yeah, this was a really good match. Um. Saw sort of the first real highlight on this card,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, WCW undercards from the early 90s can be quite a drag.
0: I would say it was a drag, like it was a nice, um, put on in the background and sort of yeah. just sit down, and relax. But to pay detailed attention, take detailed notes on this, no, no way, no, um, yeah, so. Briefly touching back on your WCW light heavyweight championship. First champion is Brian Pillman at Halloween Havoc 91. Do you know how long he holds the title for before losing it?
1: Does he even lose it? He does. uh, Oh, so he has it for, what, a couple of months, a few months?
0: Uh, Holds it, yeah, about two months, uh, 59 days loses it to Liger for 66 days, regains it for 112 days before losing it to Scotty Flamingo for two weeks. It loses to Brad Armstrong for 59 days before it is uh, vacated due to Armstrong's injury and a tournament to crown a new winner, a new champion was
1: announced but never held. Yeah, I think they just gave up on it. Yeah, I think around that time is when they moved Pillman and Zenk into a tag team together. And then, yeah, I think Pillman and Zenk became a tag team around, like, the middle of 92, and then they quickly broke up, and then Pillman turned heel on Zenk, and then Pillman started teaming up by the start of 93 with some dude called Steve Austin.
2: Never drew a dime. Never drew a dime. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. I forgot about
0: that. That's why I keep going when I see um, Pilman's son. I keep going to say, "Hollywood blondes."
1: Yeah. Oh, I stand corrected. T- the Tom Zenk tag team was in 1990. So this is. So that's already happened at this point.
0: Yeah. And probably WA why West tag champs.
1: Yeah, probably why they're having this match, to be honest.
0: So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, so, when's Pillman pass away? 97?
1: 98? 97. 97, yeah. October?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. So... He's, is he still feuding with Austin at that point before his death? He's feuding with Goldust at that time. Okay, so it's after the Austin incident.
1: Yeah, the Austin... Like, if I was to believe anything, I reckon they were going to build back up to Pillman versus Austin later on after Austin wins the title.
0: So Austin wasn't world champion at that point.
1: No, so this is like a month. He Pillman passes away about a month before the screw job.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Um. So poor Owen is basically left alone in the WWF. So, Brett's going. Uh, Bulldog Pillman's and passed and away. Yeah, Bulldog, Bulldog. and ample. Leave with, with
0: Brett. Yeah. yeah. And Owen's there because he doesn't want to breach his contract. And that's him staying is ultimately what uh, resulted in the accident that ended Owen's life.
1: Yeah. Like just crazy,
0: crazy, um, crazy stuff. Yeah. From there, IWGP Tag Team Championship number one contender, non title tag team match. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Steiner brothers, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Who's the older Steiner? Rick. Yeah, I thought so. Defeat uh Azuka and Fujinami.
1: Yeah. Um Man, I love watching the
2: Steiner's wrestle with any Japanese wrestlers. Oh. Tatsunumi Fujinami is a six-time
0: IWGP heavyweight champion. Yeah. Oh, that's a wild man, Takasuki Isuka.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, no iron fingers on this one. Um, but yeah, Fujinami, like, he's a fantastic wrestler this time. Iska's is sort of just coming up the ranks, but he's showing a lot of potential too. I thought this match was incredible. The Steiner brothers at their absolute peak in 1992.
0: Yeah, and the reason this is non-title is because it's, um, the Steiners are the. Uh, WCW World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions at this point. Yeah. Uh, then we go on to the main event, the War Games match. Uh, I don't have notes here for who enters. and that If you have it, just um, let me know. I'll read out the teams and then you can go through who enters if you remember. So it is the team of the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arne Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco with Paulie Dangerously and Medusa in their corner, taking on the team of Sting Squadron, Sting, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff. Um, Yeah, do you remember the entrance order here? Because I didn't take note of it.
1: I believe... um... Austin and Rhodes kicked off the match from my memory. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I really, really love this match. This, in my opinion, is the best War Games match ever. And probably the best match pre Nitro era. On pay per view.
2: Oh, that's a big claim.
1: Yeah. So pre, like for WCW, I mean. So like, yeah, Steamboat and Flair. Sorry. But isn't isn't their best ones not taped? Apparently. Yeah, so they say. But yeah, unlike Steamboat and Flair, this doesn't take. 60 minutes to watch. This takes I like, 23. I like Iron Man matches. Yeah. It'd be good if it was one, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I can't find the exact order, nor can I remember, but it's like St- Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes kick off, and then... Uh, <laughs> Arn comes in pretty early, then Bobby Eaton, then Larry, and that's on the heel side. Uh, I can't remember the exact order for the baby faces.
0: Yeah. Um like you said, this is a really well booked war game. It's probably one of the better of the of um the WCW era. Um yeah, I really, really enjoy this and after discussing how bad some of the um, the late '90s ones can be, it's interesting to see how good this one was.
1: Yeah, this is just great stuff, and you got like, what well, you got? Ten like legitimate Hall of Famers, like, and all known for their technical in ring work. Most of them, anyway. Like, besides maybe Sting and Nikita Koloff, but you got, like, Sting, Wyndham, Dustin Rhodes, Steamboat, Nikita Koloff, Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arne Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zbysko, and if that's not good enough, you got Paulie Dangerously and Medusa, the future Londra Blaze on the outside as well, and... She gets involved quite heavily too, climbing up the cage and trying to sneak stuff in through the roof. Taking a bit of a bump off the cage at one point, like, yeah, tough as nails as always. Um, I thought this match was just great. I loved it, loved it so much. Like this is Steve Austin when he could like, like chain wrestle with the best of them before yeah. his neck injury and all that. Um, now, this one perfect. Whilst
0: you're saying it's what one of the best pay per view matches of the WCW era, does the Japan super shows count? I pre nitro, do they count?
1: I would say no, because they're not on the network, (laughs) so that means the new Japan owns them, so they're new Japan shows, okay.
2: Oh yeah, because they're January fourth shows. Hmm. Um so then I'm
0: just having a quick look here pre Nitro, seeing if there's anything big that stands out to me.
1: Uh, well, I would say like your steamboats and flares, uh are probably the biggest one, the trilogy in eighty nine, the flare Terry Funk. Viewed in '89's a good contender as well. '89's a really good year for WCW. Um, Flair and Sting on for the first time on pay
0: per view at Starcade in a uh, to headline a Starcade.
1: Yeah, 89. yep. Um, the 1990 Great American Bash with Sting and Flair, where Sting finally wins the title.
2: Um. Yeah, there's some good, uh, there's some good war games
1: in there as well. The the Sting, great murder, great murder feud, and even that uh, Ric Flair and Sting versus Muta and Funk uh, tag team cage match is great. But yeah, I, I would have to say that the Sting Squadron versus Dangerous Alliance war games match might be the best match of the pre Nitro era. And I could almost make an argument to make it the best match of WCW history. Why was Starcade
0: headlined by Battle Royal Royale
1: twice? Yeah, that's that's when they didn't think Starcade was the draw, so they did gimmicks with it. Oh. <laughs> It's really tough to understand, but the Battle Bowls, like, Lethal Lottery, like, they spin a wheel, oh, not spin a wheel, they spin a tumbler sort of thing, and you randomly select tag teams, so, like, oh, Sting and Vader are feuding, Uh, oh, they they can be tag teams, so then there's a heap of tag matches, and then the winners from each of those tag matches get entered into a battle royal at the end of the night. And then the last two people from that battle royal face off in a singles match and the winner becomes the battle ball winner. And if that sounds vaguely familiar to anyone, that's because the dynamite diamond ring is a complete rip of the battle ball. Fair enough, then. Yeah, it's such a convoluted gimmick, but I'm... Still trying to figure out a way to work it into Fogs.
0: <laughs> Why not do the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we could do a yeah. super show, Alex, if you want. We could do the reverse Thunder Bowl, where, where instead of a 100 wrestlers, a split into 50 across two rings we have them start on the outside first and fight to get into those two rings.
1: What the hell is a Thunderball? I've never even heard of this.
0: <laughs> Don't you ever go through the wormhole of weird gimmick matches?
1: I did not know a Thunderball match existed. I'm going to find it. A
0: of Battle Bowl involves 100 wrestlers split into 50 in two rings. The only way to be eliminated is thrown over the top ropes. No matter how and where you hit, whether it's upon the apron, the floor, or the barricade, you are also eliminated. When 25 wrestlers are left in each ring, stage two begins where all 50 wrestlers get into one ring and there is no elimination. Uh, Yeah, it says, and there is no elimination. After a five-minute period, the match turns into a battle royale where elimination is gained by throwing your opponent's over the ropes onto the floor where uh, when give wrestlers remain stage 3 begins the third stage then turns into a 5 way match where pinfall and submission eliminate an opponent when two, eliminators, when two wrestlers have left the match turns into a last man standing match where KO is legal
1: Absolutely ridiculous. I tried to Google and find the actual match, and I couldn't find it. One of those? The Thunderbolt match. I want to find a 100-person bloody Battle Royal, but I can't find it. I don't even know if it's ever actually happened. (laughs) Surely not. Uh, I
0: think I've got... Forty male wrestlers at the moment in Fugs. I'd be close to halfway.
1: I I reckon I probably got like over fifty. I've there definitely we go. Got a lot more. I think I could do it. I I might have to do it. Um. So, Wrestle War nineteen ninety two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we got sidetracked because you were talking about better uh pay-per-view matches and then we went, what the hell's this match? And then you explained to me and we got stuck on weird gimmick matches. Um, <laughs> yeah, a really good war games. Uh thumbs up for me.
1: Yeah, massive thumbs up. Yeah, probably the best war games match of all time. Not probably is is the best war games match of all time. I love it so much. Uh, you get all this stuff afterwards where no, no one from the Dangerous Alliance trusts Larry, the Cruncher Zabisco. I found that to be a hilarious nickname for Larry, the Cruncher. Um, Yeah, I, I thought the show was dragging at certain points on the undercar, but it picked up and it picked up hard. Once you get to the Pillman match, it's all up from there yeah I completely agree it is a a great um
0: top of the card. It's the opening uh let's see one, two, three, four, five six, the opening six matches that are sort of just there,
1: yeah, like Johnny B Bad has a decent match with Tracy Smothers um mm-hmm. Scotty Flamengo and Bagwell's pretty good for what it is. Um, some of the other stuff on the undercard, take it or leave it. But it's by no means is it a chore to watch. It's just like, oh, just want to hurry up and get to the stuff I care about. Yeah, that's true too. Um,
0: beers, 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 beers. Get on the beers, get on the beers.
1: All right, I'll give it five, just because of that one match itself.
2: Yeah, those
1: those three top of the card matches are just so top tier for my liking. Like I loved all three of them so much. Pillman versus the Z-Man, Steiner's versus Fujinami and Niska, and then that War Games match. They they are three almost perfect matches to top a card with. Yeah, okay.
0: Pillman. And zinc for your light heavyweight titles, really good. Uh, IWGP contendership match, Steiners and uh, Iska Fujinami from New Japan, and your war game, Sting Squadron versus Dangerous Alliance. A really, really great match. Um, five beers. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll see you in the funny pages and, uh, I'm not sure where we're going next. Oh, wait. No, I already know where we're going next. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to ECW October
1: 17th, 2006. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah? We're going to to Matt Stryker and the Sandman on a pole match. Yep. Oh, dear. Um. we bring this up in earlier on in the show and as soon as I brought it up I was like uh oh this is going to bite me in the bum bum
0: yeah because it's awesome yeah it'll
1: be awesome to see
0: the new breed unleashed <laughs> um... well
1: if we're going to go here let's let's do it yeah bugger it
0: I don't think they have any other championships at this time. October. No, nah, they don't.
1: It's just the ECW uh-huh. title.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much promise there was a few months into following One Night Stand, which we've already talked about and talked about the first
1: <laughs> show. Yeah. Oh man, we're we're gonna have to start watching some original ACW pay per views. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm actually... yeah, we need to need to find some like non WWE network version of things before we do that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point
1: too.
0: Ah, uh, well, but I suppose until then, um where can the good humans find you?
1: You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at is Alex. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle, and you can find Chris at... At I'm Chris Funder. As well, you can go back and listen to the entire WrestlingOzStyle archive for free
0: on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. The weekly wrestling wrap on YouTube and using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time.
1: I like to think that um, there's a real dark, sinister story to Big Josh. Like, Big Josh is a wrestler, but he also works at the timber mill, right? And he helps him cut down wood. But one day he lost his job. He lost his job at the old timber mill. Oh, what can I do to... I've got, like, eight kids in the in the forest that I need to look after. How do I pay for this and then he gets a job as a clown at birthday parties and he becomes doink the clown the lovable the lovable clown then something bad happens and he can't find his kids so he's like kids made me cry so now i'm gonna make kids cry brah